Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. Welcome everyone to PICGO Happenings. If you are a new listener, thank you for joining us. If you are a regular listener, Thank you for coming back. This week, we are going to talk about the major accomplishments achieved by Pennsylvania County in 2023. And to discuss these milestones with us is County Administrator Stuart Terrell. Welcome to the program, Mr. Terrell. Hi, Diana. It's good to be here again. Now, to organize this for our listeners, we are going to break this into several broad topics since we have quite a few. And those will include revisions to the solar ordinance, the reassessment, economic development, major projects either completed, progressing, or underway, and fire and rescue. So let's start with solar restrictions. As this happened in March, solar farms had been going up around the county at quite a rapid pace over the past few years, and the board heard a lot from residents about this. And so in March, they did something that pretty much put some severe restrictions on any further large-scale commercial solar farms in the county. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Mr. Terrell? Sure, Diana. So I want to clarify that, first of all, we our job as leaders and elected officials and staff is to listen to the citizens and, we, and respond with solutions. And we listened on the solar farms. There was an ordinance change limiting the amount of land available for solar farms to 2% of a zoning district and must be more than five miles apart. I've checked and we've reached the limit majority of these zones. So there can't be much more at all development with these. So they're restricted now. And we're talking the large scale, the large scale solar farms, not panels somebody puts on their house or anything like that. That's correct. What we're trying to do here is preserve the agricultural heritage. The large usage of land for solar farms, while it provides energy and the argument is made, it reduces carbon emission, the sacrifice to our citizens is taking away valuable grazing land, land that can be used for feed for our farmers, dairy farmers. The balance has to be struck to hold down this growth in this and keep it at a place that respects the land. Yes, I think that was that was quite a move by the board when they did that. That's government being responsive to the will of the citizens. This year, the county did complete its reassessment. The last one was that was completed, uh, fully completed, was in 2018. Between that time, there was an assessment done that was invalidated. You know, this was a, an achievement to have hired another company to come in and pick up the ball and run with it. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that process went and do you think it's been successful? Sure. The new contractor, Pearson's, in coordination with staff, has moved through the project and has completed. The tax book is now solid and in place. So how do you think the county worked to make this? I mean, I know values went up an average of 48%, which was a lot, but there was a lot of time in between. But what do you think the county did with Pearson's? How do they work together to make this at least as painless as possible for our residents? Was that something that you felt the county did well? I think we did it very well. And I want to thank our project managers, Dave Arnold, Patsy Budd. I worked closely with the contractor. The contractor has years of experience. We learned from what happened previously with the contractor where things didn't go smoothly, and we made sure we corrected for that. So the important thing is that there was an informal appeals process and we made it clear all citizens' questions had to be addressed before we would move forward. And I'm satisfied that for the most part they have. There's a few that will need to go to the BOE Board of Equalization for further uh, review, but not too many. Well, this moves into the area of economic development where, you know, more businesses 
mean less burden on prop, you know, homeowners when it comes to taxes. So let's talk about the mega site first. The Southern Virginia mega site of Berry Hill is a collaboration between Pennsylvania County and Dan, and it contains more than 3,500 acres and a $200 million infrastructure investment, and it is sitting ready for its first tenant. And you have mentioned that there have been some additional activity out there to further enhance the um, site. So can you tell us about that? Sure, I can. It's a really exciting day in the life of the county and the city. There are so much happening there. I work closely with our economic developer, Mr. Rowe. There are prospects calling constantly. The things we're doing at the site to make it more attractive, here's a little list for you. At the lot one, we've done more grading on the 55-acre pad. There's a, there's a saying in the economic development, every site needs to be pad ready. Developer or a client doesn't want to come in and have to do all this prep work to get the infrastructure in place, but we're doing that for them. We were awarded a $1.5 million Virginia Business Ready Sites Program grant uh, to get things ready. We've worked on grading on the connector road to the mega site. Mr. Adopson helped us with funding for Highway 311. We have recruited and we're on the way to securing a number of projects there. I expect that to happen this year. The overarching goal of economic development, what drives us in our passion, is we need opportunity for our young folks to stay here and not graduate and go out to the big, you know, big cities throughout the nation. We need them to stay here as part of the community. We've got to offer more opportunity, but not just at the mega site, throughout the county. We we are very much aware of doing that. Now I know there's been a lot of anticipation about the mega site. A lot of news around that, but we have had some new industry and businesses come in this year, some very large, by the way. Um, there's Tyson opened their plant this year, um, Amthor, been some other ones, and the Navy did break ground on its new regional training center in Danville, which will bring more folks to the area and provide opportunities for our residents here. Can you talk a little bit about that? What I'm saying with economic development is things are happening as we speak. Anthor International broke ground on an expansion plant in Gretna. Tyson's Food opened their processing facility. We had a big day there with the governor. KTL Restoration signed a lease with the IDA for a facility in the Ringgold East Industrial Park. That's going to be a $3 million investment. Then we had the, the very large and well-attended groundbreaking event for the, for the Center of Excellence Training Facility, which will train about 1,000 people in the industrial defense manufacturing base. Now, this every nine months, this will happen. This capitalizes on a primary asset we have in this community, additive manufacturing. is cutting edge and gives us an added advantage for our industrial sector. So it's an exciting time. You know, hopefully the megasite will bring in a tenant. Mm -hmm. And we've got this new industry and these new businesses. All of this, of course, creates a need for housing. Um, and we all know that there's a housing shortage here um, in the region. In August, the board approved a development in Axton, which is in the Tunstall District, which will include more than 1,800 housing units and commercial space there. Um, it was controversial, but the board felt it needed to be approved. Can you talk about why they felt that needed to be approved and how it fits in with our economic development vision for the future? First of all, the Axton development was the inevitable result of the megasite because it's it's within, I think, 10 miles of the megasite. 
20 years ago, when this planting went into place, it threw a large pebble into the pond, and the ripples are now emanating from the megasite, which is the need for workforce housing. But it's not just the megasite. It's the it's the area. And we all know that there is, there is inadequate housing for our young folks and for the workforce, our teachers, our, our working public safety people, fire rescue, police. We all need housing to keep our young people here. And I hear the well, it's a mini city. What that means is it's it's a condensed housing mix that will will eventually build out to a number of units with brings a condensed population and the retail and grocery things that will be associated with that. So our board was trying to say, in my opinion, we need some form of workforce housing capture the success of the mega site and our economic development activities. Okay, moving on, let's go over some of the major projects that have either begun this year, been completed, or underway. Uh, we'll start with River Street, which is installing optic uh, cable in selected locations in the county, and they've started activating customers. Can you talk a little bit about that project and why it's important? That is one of our major projects that we're trying to bring added value to our citizens. You know, you pay your tax dollars. We know they're hard, hard-earned tax dollars, and we want to give you back improvements in the community. River Street is a wonderful opportunity to use Vatty Grant and the money that we saw, ARPA money coming to the pandemic to provide this service to our city. River Street now is up to where up to 2,000 households have the ability to connect uh, at the, um, the, the what's called the last mile of broadband expansion. We want to get broadband out broadly throughout the county. I would encourage everyone to contact River Street, and that can be done through our website. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I'm going to grab a pen, everybody, because I'm going to give you the... Um website where you can see if you're eligible I'm at your location. It is called myriverstreet.net forward slash community forward slash Pennsylvania dash county dash VA. You can also find more information on our website at www.pennsylvaniacountyva.gov. It's under the broadband and other project tab under government. Just click there and you can find out all kinds of information get the service, you're going to have to sign up for it, and that's how it works. This year, they finished the renovations on the Gretna Library. This was a nearly $2 million project that greatly increased the size of the library and added all kinds of nice amenities. Can you talk to us about that? Gretna Library is a wonder of modernity. Anybody can go in there and access all sorts of modern technology. There's even a hiking trail, a nature place it's a community center up there. And th th there's other things. There's other projects we completed. The Wayside Park is a wonderful little creekside park. Beautiful. Like, take your family there, fish, enjoy, uh, family-oriented. I think they have a zip line. Yeah, they added a bunch of amenities starting in 2020 and to include a handicap accessible playground. And they updated the swinging bridge, which was an original feature of the park, which was built during the Depression. So, And then we also had our first fishing day there this year. It really attracted a lot of folks. And we're trying to do more of that. By the way, we have a parks and recreation master plan underway. I may be jumping ahead. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, that's underway. We had citizen input session. Yeah, we held a series of focus groups, people that we invited, and then we had a, a general public forum um, where folks could come in and talk about, you know, facilities they may want, programs, what's missing, 
what needs to be focused on. We've got a lot of good info from people. Our um, consultants, Barry Dunn, is going to put all that info together, and they're expected to go uh, with a draft, get a draft to the board sometime in June. So that's underway. That's what I'm talking about. 2024 exciting year where we're doing things. The master plan, I hear people say, well, why do you want to spend money on a plan? The answer is if you want to get grant money to go out and build things, they need to see a plan. They're not just going to give you the money. They need to see a business plan that comes through the master plan. And that that's the goal of this, to get to get to hear the citizens what they want to see and then go out and get some grant funding so we don't have to use tax dollars. Things are going to happen in uh, parks and recreation. Um, the board also purchased land for the new jail. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Look, we talked to the sheriff. The old jail built in 1981 is overcrowded. Uh, you can't stack people up inside there. It's inhumane. And not only that, but the judges are furious that, that we're not providing adequate capacity for inmates. So the new jail is a project. It's moving forward. It will be out on 29. The project is going to receive uh, state support. We expect up to 25% of the cost. But that's moving forward. I know the sheriff is excited about it. It's going to be something, a nice-looking jail, not your old, as I said earlier, not your grandfather's jail, but looks like a college campus. Another special area that got some attention this year was the fire and rescue. And Mr. Terrell, do you want to talk about how you started working on that one this year or last year? We talk about 2023. Sure. So my goal, and I'm listening to my board, we need to improve the communication and collaboration between our paid public safety staff and the volunteers. The volunteers do so much of the heavy lifting out there, 23 agencies. We've got to communicate our needs and figure out ways, like any business system, so that it's working at its maximum for customer service. And so we started holding more emergency operation plan meetings with our staff and the volunteers so we can plan for large-scale events, cyber attack, ice storm, power outage, hurricanes, things like that, but also improve our communication so that we can handle normal normal events such as the North Point fire. The volunteers know how to handle those things. We're just working on our communication to make sure our public safety system is working at maximum. And I, I really watched the North Point fire as uh, and how wonderfully everything worked together. Blair's and all the volunteers and then our in coordination with our paid staff. So I've met with a number of the, the volunteer fire rescue chiefs and asked them what are their challenges. And frankly, it's hard to find uh, EMTs, volunteers who are working the job and then have the time to do all the training necessary to, to be a volunteer. So I'm trying to work with them, help them solve this problem where we're in a partnership with a mission of getting trained people on site to deliver excellent care and transport them to the hospital. That's our, our public safety business mission, and we've got to be on point that we're doing everything we can to provide that, and that's going to require more communication. Well, good. Yeah, that, that is definitely a good step forward. Well, we have covered a whole lot of topics today. Um, I know we didn't delve deep into them just because of limits of time, but I hope, listeners, that you got an idea of what county accomplished last year especially in the areas of economic development, solar, um, all these major projects, and fire and rescue. And we're looking forward to a equally positive year 
this year in 2024. Uh, Mr. Terrell, do you have any final things you'd like to say to our listeners? Stay tuned. There are things happening. Government is here to be active and not passive to make positive changes in this community. And we expect you to see results. Well, thank you. And we'll be signing off for today. Mr. Terrell, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.